Y'all want to know something? I actually debated just now whether I wanted to start this off with some creepy, ominous type of music. But I said, no, we already know what it is, people. We, you know, we've been waiting a very, very long time to get to October, to get to spooky season, scary season, whatever y'all have deemed this season. But I'm excited for it, man. I got some, you know, I got some things lined up for y'all. But I have to put a disclaimer up. It's nothing crazy, but I feel like I'm going to make changes as the month goes along because there's certain shit that I may have forgotten to put on this list. There were things that I didn't realize were streaming in October that I had to make room for on this list. It's not going to be scattered. It is very much going to be Halloween themed commentary. People We're definitely keeping the theme going. I feel like we did a pretty solid job last month with the back to school themed commentary, man. That was fun getting it out to y'all, man. I appreciate everybody that tuned into it, but it's about to get a little darker. It's about to get a little darker, people, but I promise y'all, y'all already know how we get down on the To The Reviews podcast, people. We're going to make it as fun as we possibly can, and um, even though bodies drop in this movie, it is still fun to be had, even for a cheesy 80 slasher movie, 81 to be exact, man, Hell Night. Now, this is not to be confused with, you know, Happy Hell Night. I think that movie had, like, not Sam Worthington. Who the hell is in that movie? And I heard that he doesn't even have a big role in it. Sam Rockwell. But Happy Hell Night, was uh, it was actually on my list a long time ago man because the trailer looked hilarious but this is definitely you know even though i haven't seen happy hell night i'm almost certain this will always be the better movie man a lot of people haven't seen or heard of this movie hell night man this actually is in tune with the october theme takes place on halloween night man now for the uninitiated man because like i said this is a I, i still feel like this is an underrated gem Plot's pretty simple, people. You got four college pledges in order to join Alpha Sigma Rho. They've got to spend the night at Garth Manor. It's the spooky, gothic mansion-looking thing. But Garth Manor has a bit of a... Not even a bit. It's got a fully fucked-up backstory to it with the Garth family. And, you know, two of the family members went missing. And ultimately, we find out they're still alive and they're stalking people all throughout the motherfucking house. And that is not a Christmas reference. I guarantee y'all. We, we haven't even gotten to December yet. It's the best month, but we'll get there, people. This director, Tom DeSimone, I'm, I'm actually looking him up now to see what else he's done because this is the only movie, to my knowledge, that I've seen of his. Now, there's a lot of, uh, what are these? Are these TV credits? I, I have no idea. There's a lot of 70s credits to his name. I'm looking at all the rest of these movies. Angel 3. Oh, he directed four episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. You guys can check out that. Uh, you know, that episode of RNZ Live where me and Johnny Zuko, we did a watch along for Freddy's Nightmares, the pilot episode. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Hilarious. Nonetheless, he did three episodes of the Swamp Thing TV series. Um, if only he could have revived the Swamp Thing TV series that they canceled. That is some of the dumbest shit that DC has ever done. Uh, the script was written by Randy Feldman. I'm not absolutely certain who he was, but I do. You know, while we get into the cast in like two seconds, I'm appreciative that this guy, um, Randy Feldman, he does not write this uh, regardless of what people may think i think he does not write this as a cheesy typical 80s slasher now obviously we is 81 we didn't have a whole bunch of slasher movies to go on with i think around this time we only had what prom night and my bloody valentine i'm not all the way sure but it's the early 80s so we didn't really have a template you know outside of friday the 13th where we had a bunch of sequels and ripoffs and holiday themed horror this was fairly early on in the um you know the 80s slasher genre craze and i swear to god i hate when these obnoxious ass people drive down the block with that loud ass i, I could again i could see if they was blasting good music but it's always bad shit but um 
my apologies for that interruption, people. What I was saying is he writes these characters fairly smart, man. They don't just run and trip and fall, but when shit hits the fan, they do run. You know, self-preservation seems to be a thing for these characters, especially with one of the characters I'm about to get into. But Linda Blair is obviously the headliner here. And, I, you know, I was reading and watching a couple interviews from the, I think it's this, what is it, Scream Factory, Shout Factory DVD interview on uh, YouTube. And I saw that Linda Blair was talking about how, you know, the cast was very close knit together and everybody got along. And it kind of shows on set of this movie uh, or shows as the movie plays out because it's, really, it's put together pretty well for the most part. And, um, you know, they also said that Linda Blair took this role because she wanted to establish herself as an adult, you know, actress. She wanted to separate herself from just being Reagan from The Exorcist. And I can appreciate that because she didn't really want to get, you know, typecast in her career. But I go back to talking about self-preservation. Seth, the character play, you know, the character Seth played by Vincent Van Patten is easily one of my favorite fucking 80s slasher characters. And arguably, this could definitely be considered a monster movie because, you know, uh, Suzanne and, you know, Andrew Garth, they're not really slashers. They do some slight slashing in this movie, but for the most part, they run around and they do a lot of the the like the attacks and the kills with their bare hands, you know, sometimes. But uh, you know, it slasher monster movie is all subjective. Peter Barton's in this, and people will recognize Peter Barton from um what is that? Friday the 13th, the final chapter. He played uh Jesus Christ, what was his name? He's the guy that gets his face smushed in, in the shower, and then Jason just drops his head on the broken glass in the movie. I also saw an interview with Peter Barton where he was a little bit high during some of the filming of this movie, man, and, you know, God bless him because he does a decent job as Jeff in this movie. Kevin Brophy's in here. You got Suki Goodwin. I love her name. I don't know what it is, but I love her name, people, but we're almost like we're just about six minutes into this intro, people. I'm rambling on. I think it's just my excitement for October and the Halloween-themed content I got in, in you know, in here for y'all. But um, this is, and people, I'm going to have to edit out these ads a little bit because this is definitely on Tubi in case y'all are tuning in and y'all know if y'all are tuning in, y'all are the true to the reviews MVPs, people. So with that being said... Let's jump into this commentary for Hell Knight. I will hit the play button in three, two, one. Okay. Right in, right into it. All right, damn it. They wasted no time. That's how y'all know this is this is about to be pretty special. Because normally I'm bitching, you know, waiting for the studio logo to pop up, and I'm like, come on, hurry up and get it started. And she said, I got you. I don't know who the hell that girl was. I think that was the only time we see her in that in this movie is when she screams. It's a bit of a stutter, people. My apologies. See, we starting with that bullshit already. I forgot to mention, man, um, two things. Vincent Van Patten, who plays Seth, he was also in a movie that I took off my Back to School edition commentary, which was Rock and Roll High School. And PJ Souls is in there. I Listen, I had never seen Rock and Roll High School before, and I always thought that there was only one movie. Like, I always thought that the movie that existed alone was the one with Corey Feldman. I think it was Rock and Roll High School Forever. But turns out there's an original movie. 
Oh, and the other thing, I gotta give a rest in peace shout out to. I gotta look at um, this actor's name, but the actor that plays Andrew Garth, you know, one of the slashers monsters in the movie, he passed away before this movie was released, and I had no idea, man. That's unfortunate. So rest in peace, shout out to that actor. Kind of, you know, it's it such a downer, man. Because it would have been nice to see him at conventions or do interviews. Because I feel like this movie, not only is this movie underrated, but uh, the Garth's, you know, the Garth family story, it it had some mileage on it, man. I don't know if this would have been fit for two more movies, but I wouldn't have been mad at it. Hi, I'm Peter Bennett, president of Alpha Sigma Rho. Are you one of our sorority sisters? Who do you think I am? Fairy godmother? That's very original. Which is certainly everything I could have wished. Peter, everything's all set up. Wonderful, Scott. You're in your big brother fraternity. Don't you think you ought to show a little respect? Oh, he's that friend. <laughs> he's like, like he never never seen titties before. That's one of the new pledges. They call her Marty. He just I fell in love. And I love, listen, I love Linda Blair in this movie, man. She does not get to, um, you know, this wasn't this wasn't like a Friday Thirteenth movie where the final girl gets to go head to head with the with the killer or the monster. You know, she doesn't get to pick up an axe or a pitchfork or a machete and do damage to our our killers. But she definitely runs her ass off, and I like her. You know, like her overall personality. She's not really easy to win over in this movie. Like the head of Alpha Sigma Rho, he he's all you know got googly eyes for, her, and she's just talk, talking to her friend like, "Who the fuck is this weirdo?" And even when Peter Barton's character, you know, is like sweet talking her, he tries to go lay on the same bed she does when they get in Garth Manor, and she's not going for it. Party girl. Now, the least she could have did was wave back at Seth, but I guess the way she was dancing was an uh, invitation. <laughs> Perfect timing. And you know what? As much as I love this movie, I do. I'm sorry. I do think it could go for a remake. <clears throat> but then that raises the question: How well would it do at the box office? Because there's still like this is not a widely known '80s slasher. But I feel like even with a remake, it can make people, oh, well, let me go back and watch the original. And they can either decide, oh, it does or doesn't need a remake, but go see it anyway. I don't know. Wishful thinking, right?
And Linda Blair's got that whole Anna Paquin shit rocking hair because she's dressed like Little Red Riding Hood. Even though this was before um, Trick or Treat. But Anna Paquin definitely dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood. And Linda Blair, like, she's so, her character Marty, she's so timid. She's almost afraid of everything. Like, the chase sequences in this movie, she's just scurrying away like a little, like a little field mouse. She's not, like, even sprinting. She's just like, oh my god, I don't want nothing to touch me type of running. But she, she definitely be on the move in this job. In order to be a member of Alpha Sigma Rho, one has to do what? Mr. Reed? To stay in Garth Manor one night, Mr. President. Very good, Yeah, I'm Jim. not about to call another grown-ass man, and Mr. President. why is this night so special? Ms. Dunsmore. Because 12 years ago, Raymond Garth murdered his family here and then committed suicide. And is there something funny about a man murdering his family and then killing himself? I'm just a little tipsy. <laughs> I hope you didn't bring any other intoxicants in here with you. Oh, of course not. <laughs> well, just to make sure, I'll have to personally search you before we leave. Your pleasure. <laughs> He's the type of dude going? that really gets HR called on him at work every other week. And, like, I, I love... In 1850... Almost called her Dunsmore. built this mansion with the gold that was pouring out of his mind. The drunk chick. I love her personality in this movie. Like I like, I like all these characters. I like all these characters in this movie. Which is rare in these slasher movies. About the only thing she was good for was childbearing, and she didn't turn out to be too hot at that. First child she bore, Raymond was a boy, a mongoloid boy they called Morris. Now Morris brought great sorrow to the Garth, and they immediately set about to have another child. And they were soon cursed with the baby girl, Suzanne. He said cursed with Jesus. She was Jesus. so deformed that it was impossible to tell from looking at her if she was male or female. And to her father's immense disgust, she used to drag herself around the house with the help of her one good leg. <laughs> now the guards were very fanatical about their privacy. They didn't want to have to be dependent on anyone else, so they isolated themselves up here. That is why they never put in any modern utilities. There's no gas, no electricity, and no phone. Primitive so like a motherfucker. And within the year, the guards added Margaret. But unfortunately, it soon became apparent that poor little Margaret could neither hear, nor speak, nor see. But good old Ray was determined, and he decided to have one last go. So Lillian got pregnant again. And she carried the child for ten and a half months. Until finally she delivered a little gork named Anne. Andrew never spoke a word in his first 14 years. He just made these grunts and groans like the sounds of wild animals. Now, Raymond Garth lived isolated in this house for 14 years with this freak show until he couldn't stand it anymore. Twelve years ago, he assembled the entire family in the park. And then he took his dear wife, Lillian, and he strangled her to death. Then he took the mongoloid son, Morris, and he bashed out what little brains he had with the fireplace poker. Then he took the deformed little Suzanne. And this could have easily been like a boring, pointless monologue, but this actually plays into, 
you know, the rest of the film. And then Raymond Garth got Especially one of the reveals later on in the in the uh, third act. But I feel like if you remake this, would it be more effective to tell the story this way again or to show the backstory? Like if the opening sequence of the movie was Raymond Garth killing off these family members and then killing himself. I don't know. Sometimes it's more effective to just not see it arrived, and just leave it to the imagination. A note written by Raymond Garth describing the entire gruesome act. But strangely, they only discovered three dead bodies. Hmm. And hmm. young Andrew was nowhere to be found. Oh, they searched the house as thoroughly as they could, but still only came up with three corpses. Andrew. Andrew is still believed by some to be living somewhere within this house that is such a great fucking needle drop right there and shot of that house mansion whatever you call it manor i love the score in this movie too the score that shit sounds like it's coming from the water like it sounds like it's coming from the pond itself but i remember like back in the day when i first saw this and they played that little musical cue right there and showed garth manor i was like oh shit i don't even want to go i can't do it it's a great setting for this movie too man like it's not it's not a campground it's not a small town it's very it's a big place they're in but at some point when they realize they can't get out they have to go back inside and there's this really good long drawn out shot of peter barton and linda blair walking their way back to the house because they know that's the only you know there's no car out there they can't sit in the car and hide out they don't know their way around the outside so they have they have no choice but to go back in this house where this killer is well they don't know it's two of them but I hate the way he smiled when he put that fucking now, key in his pocket. Don't use it unless you have to. And don't try climbing the fence. He might cut your nuts off. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he's not lying. Because it's not a fence you can just necessarily climb or hop over. That shit, there's, there's two... Two flat metal posts right in the middle of it, but the rest are surrounded on the left and the right with those fucking spikes. So you just got sharpened gate posts at the top of this joint. So I like I don't know, man. I like I don't know. I'm trying to debate whether I would be able to climb over that shit. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, cause I'm not staying in Garth Manor, you know. About to get ripped and twisted all apart. No, we're not doing that. Wow, this place is pretty radical. My man that. said radical. This is 80s yeah, this for is real. A hot place to go hunting. Hunting? Oh, I hate guns. Yeah, but sometimes they come in pretty handy. Like one summer I was camping out on the north shore of the water. Oh, Seth has always got a fucking story. Practice, you know? So listen to this. One day, we go down, we buy ourselves a shotgun. Go down to the local bar and really put the fear of God into it. 
Needless to say, we didn't have too many hassles after that. So you guys really believe this story about old Raymond Garth and Gork Daddy Andrew and all that? No, Peter's full of shit. You know, actually, I think there's some truth to that story. That guy Garth did kill his family here. Oh, is that right? Well, let me tell you. If I meet a little Gork in there tonight named uh, Garth, I'm going to ask him for an extra pair of long underwear. Because it's getting as cold as a hound's pecker in December out here. I'll keep you warm. I don't know if that's a good comparison for him to make right there. And you've got a date, you little beach bunny. <laughs> now, I think Seth's character was originally written a little different. But when Vince Van Patten came in and got the role, they, they you know, rewrote the character just to suit his personality. So they made Seth, you know, uh, obsessed with surfing. And Vince Van Patten was, you know, in real life, he was obsessed with surfing. So it's like, this this is a slasher movie that, like, did things, like, accommodate the, the actor with rewrites and shit like that. You don't get a lot of people that do that. Hey, let's party. All right. <laughs> Quaaludes. Looky here. And Jack Daniels. Okay. She don't fucking die. She got pills and liquor. Like, you, you don't want to survive the night. Like, it's not even the Garth oh siblings that she got to worry about. It's her fucking vices. <laughs> All right. I thought Peter was supposed to search you before he left. He did, and he took half an ounce of excellent Colombian from you and half a gram of Coke. Please Damn. So she had pills, Coke, Bud, and liquor. She was, she was, you know, it was like a... Did she just do the same scream twice? Last call from the bar. Hey, my man's got a pint of Smirnoff. Another reason I like Linda Blair, because, you know, I think I already pretty much said that she doesn't make it easy for this guy, but she, they don't fuck or anything in the movie, but she, they do kiss briefly and then when somebody gets killed or when a body's discovered you see them wake up in the same bed i think but she does make him earn it you know she doesn't just go in the room and fuck him right away like a lot of slasher movies would do they actually have conversations to get to know each other because it ain't like they're best friends or anything like that where around here hillsdale oh so rich you say that like it was a disease What's it like to be so rich? <laughs> you see, that's why I never tell anybody where I'm from. Yeah, but shouldn't your name be Bentley Erasmus Fairchild III? Erasmus! She was reaching with that shit. What makes it so evil to be rich? It's so noble to be poor? Oh, it's just that the rich capitalist feeds on the life of the downtrodden poor figures are radical probably majoring in political science with an emphasis on terrorism no actually i don't give a darn about politics <sighs> i'm beginning not to give a darn about sororities either yeah uh you picked the perfect time to decide that you're already the fuck in there you know it's not until bodies start dropping and you're already locked in that bitch until the morning that you know the, one of the characters is gonna be like you know i really think this was a bad idea Robin Hood's rescue! Come here, you little 
Is that all you're interested in? Is drugs? The fuck? Yeah, I surf. I surf, right? Screw. <laughs> well, that's something then. Tell me what it's like to surf. Wait, you are some buzzy chick. I mean, first you're all hot to get me up here, and now you want to talk? Said every guy ever in that situation. It's like the ultimate rush. It's like the guy in Species. Well, actually, he was a racist, uh, not a racist, but a rapist piece of shit, pretty much. He gave rapey vibes. The guy that told Natasha Henstridge, he's like, he's like, you know what we came here for. What do you want to go home? And I'm riding my most radical stick, an 18-inch pinner gun. 18 inches, my goodness. And, and you don't want him to just think about sex. I turn around. Two, three strokes, and I'm dropping in. Two or three strokes? That didn't take long. And just as I hit the bottom, I throw the most radical bottom turn straight up the face. Hit the lip so hard, I do a lay back. Now you're talking. it back down the wave. Get completely tubed. Totally surrounded by water for an instant. And then, what do I do? I kick out. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. It's a bit extra. It is. Now, if you behave, you'll take me again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like they could have made it in real life. You know, if not for the whole Garth family massacre shit that's about to take place. And if they did remake this, I feel like this would be a good thing to to tap back into too, because this 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 is its own little sidebar story because you got the four pledges who got to stay tonight in garth manor but then you got the three you know leaders of the 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 frat the sorority who are trying to play these pranks on them all night and scare the shit out of them and one of these pranks by the way i need answers because i need to know how they had the technology in you know in 81 to pull this shit off like were they were they interns for fucking industrial light magic or some shit You guys go on up to the north side and set things up. I'll go the other way. Keep out of sight. <laughs> now the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to be like the first one to die. Actually, you know what? He's not. Wait, is he? No, I think he is. Is he second? <sighs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You'll have to ask my father that question. Why do you say that? Because... He's the one that wanted me to join Alpha Sigma Rho. Why? And James Vanderbeek ain't taught you motherfuckers nothing. I don't want your life. You'll have your whole life. What kind of man is your father? He's kind of like the father on Leave it to Beaver. Just hangs around the house in his sweater. Doesn't seem to go to work that much. I wish I understood that reference. I, I I've never been a Leave it to Beaver type dude. Have 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 I can't do it. I think that's nice. No, you just don't meet many guys who admit it. You know, you would hope that because it's fall that people would put these goddamn dirt bikes away, but 
So now you know why I'm here. I hope they ride those dirt bikes to Garth Manor this evening. I do. I don't know. Seemed like the thing to do at the time. All my friends are joining sororities. Smart girl like you giving it to peer pressure. No. Actually, I didn't make out so bad. I made a deal. People, I did. I, I failed to mention that I Wednesday will mark. Four years I've been doing this Tudor Views podcast, man. That is going to be, that is going to be like a bittersweet day. Nothing bad about it, but it's just like, damn, man. Like it's been going this long. Y'all been tuning in and rocking with me this long. It is. It's going to be a beautiful moment. I promise. I think I'm going to do a stream, um, a live stream. I don't know what platform I'm going to do it on, but I think I'm going to do a live stream for the four year anniversary. My car's been making these pain noises. I think it's the valves. Now you know I don't tell anybody I'm a mechanic. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell is this hole? <laughs> it's ventilation for under the house. There's all sorts of secret rooms and tunnels running underneath. Yo. And there's a bunch of these vents all around the outer wall. He's talking about secret tunnels and passageways and shit. Okay, if they ever remade this, Marcus Nispel. Is it Nispel or Nispel? The guy that did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th. He's got Leatherface running around under the house in those tunnels. He's got Jason running around in Camp Crystal Lake in those tunnels. I feel like with the way a chase sequence in this movie plays out and the fact that those tunnels exist under Garth Manor, maybe that director should be given a chance here. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. You're so down on this paternity stuff. Why are you here? We're wondering the same thing all night. <laughs> She's like, hey, isn't that that girl that was screaming in the beginning? Because it's the same exact scream from the beginning. They did basically what... Um, they probably used the same scream box as Halloween Resurrection did because Bianca Kylick could not scream so they dubbed every scream of hers over and over and over each time and it's the same fucking scream we weren't screaming somebody's trying to mind fuck us what happened Wes? oh dear my name is Seth darling and I don't know but it looks like we have a little trick or treat going on around here it's coming from the third floor Meanwhile, that was the fucking script supervisor probably falling down a flight of stairs in that big-ass crib. Now, I'm not gonna lie, this would, this would freak me out a little bit, too. If I, if I was staying there and heard all that shit, it's time to go. Let me stand on somebody's shoulders and see if I can climb this gate without getting impaled. It's getting a little irritating. There it is. Where? I ran this wire in through the roof. You got a knife? No, you got a gun? Yeah, but it's downstairs. Why? Well, because if that thing screams again, I'm going to shoot it to death. <laughs> That'd be a waste of bullets, sir. It's connected with screws in the back. I'll try to undo it with my nail. <laughs> That's okay, MacGyver. It's all right, ladies. Looks like we've apprehended the culprit. 
that's not as easy as it seems. I remember trying to, uh, you know, and because of this fucking movie saying that, I remember trying to undo a screw with my nail and fuck my fingernail up, man. Damn it, you scared me. Nice atmosphere, huh? Yeah, you want to scare the crap out of this place. Well, that's the point. Are you ready yet? Just about. Okay, May. You go around to the side and start the diversion. Why don't you go start the diversion? Because I want to watch. Well, I want to watch, too. May, don't give me a problem. You'll get your kicks later. Jesus. You know, if you guys spent half the time studying as you do setting up these stunts, we'd all be graduating with honors. What a little twat. We should have left her behind. Why? Her behind is the best part. We should have kept her behind and left the rest of her. <laughs> what are you, out of a fucking comic book or TV, sh- you know, TV series or something? We should have kept her behind and let, like, it's just, okay, dog. You could have put something into it. But I get it. He's trying to be the smug type of guy. He, You know, but he sounded like the most... <clears throat> <laughs> he sounded like the most calm and considerate pimp you know a college campus has ever seen may don't give me a problem <laughs> this was a uh, it's quick but it's a fucked up death scene and it comes out of nowhere because i guess that was a real owl too i guess i thought that you know a killer would just jump out of the woods or something like that but no nah. It's another thing in this movie. The jump scares work for the most part. Now, did he scratch her skin or was that supposed to be like a stocking? Because it looks like he scratched through her leg. And she can't even hold on to anything. Oh man! Now you know they—they probably—they had you know a detachable lower body, so her body was probably you know hemmed up inside the wall so they could pull the effect off. But I want to know the audience reaction to that back in '81. Were people like when they saw that head, you know, separate from the neck? Were they like, "Holy shit, we are in the movie now"? And I love that shot. How when she falls down in that in that hole. When she hits the ground, you just see Andrew Garth's feet. Tarzan, caveman type shit. I'm telling y'all, man, this movie, a, a lot of these jump scares work. And if you go back and watch 80 slashers, a lot the, the jump scares do not work. And I know some people could be like, well, at the time when it came out, it was it was pretty effective, but, you know... In my defense, I'm like, okay, well, me watching it now, it just doesn't work. There's certain scares to old movies that work, and some that just don't. This one has a lot of them that that pull it off. Yeah. But this 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 is what I'm talking about. I think this part's about to come up where they use like how y'all got the Tupac hologram technology. You know what I'm saying? Like the the R2D2. I can present a hologram of Princess Leia technology in in this in this in this mansion. I don't get it.
Let's just go home. This shit, like how, like how? Oh, cute guys, terrific. She's like, wait, how, how are y'all doing this? She's more, you know, she's more terrified as to how they're doing it. Peter. As opposed to her actually Peter. seeing that shit. I wonder if this threw people off in the theater, too. If they were like, wait, are we getting a slasher movie and a ghost story, too? I mean, that's basically what The Fog is. The Fog is like a slasher ghost story. Ghost story more than anything, but... Looks like she's been waiting for this sport. What happened? I just had a little trick played on me. I got locked in there with a ghost. Did you see somebody? Walking corpse. Wow, that sounds very interesting. You know, I'd like to stay down here and really help you look for your little corpse. Uh, but I've got a girl upstairs who needs my body. Here you go. <laughs> Don't pay any attention to her. No, I'm trying not to. Show me what happened. I bet little weasel Scott had something to do with this. I'm sure he had some help from Peter. These are the guys I'm building relationships that will last me a lifetime. Well, look, anyway, I was sitting over there, and the doors blew open, and the candles went out, and I ran over here, and then these doors shut, and then I heard, like, this moaning and groaning behind me. And I turned around and there was like the ghost room and guards coming at me. Where yeah. How much I'm fucking Smirnoff did you have this evening, lady? It's got to be frustrating, though, because if I ever saw something crazy like that and like trying to get somebody to believe you is like the hardest thing in the world when it comes to stuff like that. Now it's time for the old magical looking glass routine. I'm going up to the roof to start phase two. Physical terror. <laughs> yeah, I you know bet. Scott? I think you enjoy this a little too much. <laughs> I'm not doing all of that to, you know, going out of my way to scare, like pranks and scares, like, nah. I'm not gonna lie, man. I was a big prank caller when i had that talk boy phone that could switch the voices up or had like a yak back or some shit like that but this type of shit i found it close the door okay now try it <laughs> it seems to run on some form of electricity just fucking unlock the door, break the fucking panel. You're right. Like, how does that, how does that panel, that control box, Peter! you know, how does it lock and unlock those doors? And all the rest of you! The mechanics of, uh, like, a lot of this shit don't make sense, but I don't know. He looked at her like, how'd I do? Was that intimidating enough or no? I'm not gonna lie, people. I put some lemon in my my water. It is quite amazing.
Now, Scott, he was... Scott definitely was doomed from the start because he just... You know, like Peter said, he, he was enjoying it too much. Like, he enjoys pranking these pledges the way he does, but... You know, when that girl whipped their titties out at the party, he was taken aback by it. Like, yeah, like make it make sense, bro. Who's there? Peter, is that you? First of all, I'm not doing the roof work. You know, I'm, I'm not getting up there. And he gets it bad, too. It's quick. But he definitely gets it bad. He probably, you know, on the upside of things, he probably didn't feel what happened to him. Because it happened so fast. But goddamn, man. I think the people that... Uh, I think the person that got it the worst in this movie. I think we already saw it. The chick got her head, you know, she got her head cut off. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to investigate. Even the bird, you know, the fake bird on his shoulders stared at him like, bro, what the fuck are you doing, huh? Cut the bullshit, Peter. eyes was rolled in the back of his head like yo this is some bullshit like just completely turned his entire head around because they probably hooked up a bunch of speakers all over this place i want some backup in case we had hooked something this killer uh now like i said you know spoiler alert whatever it's two killers in this movie um that's a good twist that we find out later on but uh Andrew Garth definitely is more along the lines of like Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, uh, from like the earlier films, like two, three, and four. Speaking of which, y'all, you know, speaking of Friday the 13th, Ryan Turek over at Blumhouse, he has, they have expressed interest in picking up Friday the 13th, the franchise. And. While I don't think Blumhouse was the place for something like Nightmare on Elm Street, I think they could definitely handle a Friday the 13th property. But I feel like if they do, they should have, um, they should tackle Supernatural Undead Jason. I think it would be too easy for them to do Hard to Kill, I Can Still Bleed Jason. By the way, that moment right there, he tried to ease his way in and lay on her bed and she's like, wrong bed. She, she was not no easy prey in this movie. That was definitely not the term to use. But, I mean, if, you know, a lot of frat motherfuckers, they depict them in these horror movies and such. They depict them as people who prey on these women. These motherfuckers are insane. Thought you was getting some ass, didn't you? And she took satisfaction in that. She's like, yep, he thought. If you thought was a person. 
And then she's just teasing him at that point. She's laying with her ass facing him. You know, her ass is just hanging off the edge of the bed or, or the side of the bed. And you just... Women. I guess she just woke up drunk and high and then popped another popped a quaalude another quaalude and she'll love me in the morning and she just chased it with her what she said she had in her Jack Daniels if they remade this movie she'll die before she even before she even gets a chance to get killed Don't y'all hate that when like somebody knocks or somebody calls or something like that as soon as y'all lay down and get comfortable is the worst. It's one of the biggest pet peeves on planet Earth. This music almost sounded like uh uh not Frank Mancuso, like Harry Manfredini. Of the Friday 13th franchise was behind it. Another thing about this movie I did not mention, it is a slow burn. It is definitely a slow burn slasher movie, but I think that is one of the film's strengths because you could have easily had them go in Garth Manor, not develop a personality at all for any of these characters, and then just have them get killed off to the point where you just don't care. But like I said, I like all these characters. They all have their little quips and they have their little personalities. Even if you don't get to spend a lot of time with them. Now you just <clears throat> you just touching shit at this point. Old shit that's probably got mold, cobwebs on it, dust, disease. It's a mess in there. Now if I was that curious and just roamed around Garth Manor, I'm probably more than likely. Oh shit! I promise y'all I didn't jump. Fucking fake ass party snake that just jumped out. I, I forgot all about that shit. I'm not gonna lie. These quaaludes are murder on my skin. Mm. Shit. Well, get a better prank. 
I don't know if that little passageway really sounded like that, but if not, the sound design definitely makes it Scott. seem heavy as fuck. Scott. Hey, you guys up there? I don't know if you can hear me because of my slight whisper. It's another thing. I'm not climbing up there or climbing down with that that flimsy-ass ladder. That's like string and fake-ass wood. Like, y'all remember the door that Tony Todd punches through on the Night of Living Dead remake? Where he feels the wood and pause. He's like, he's like, no good. And then Tom's like, it's better than nothing, Ben. Then he just punches clean through that shit and he's like, no good. That's the type of wood that shit is. I'm not using that for a ladder. It's just mistakes made all across the board, man. Then he went up there. His boy is gone. Scott. Not going to keep looking for y'all. Where are you guys? Plus, I think it was very fitting that he was the last one to go out of, out of the three. Now he's confused. He's like, wait, if you're that, then what is this down here? Again, a, a solid reveal, man. A solid moment. He looks down there, but it's like, you don't recognize your fucking... You just were with this dude all... Probably all day, but all night. And you just pointed the flashlight down and you did not see that that was him hanging there. Like, you know what he had on. And I feel like he knows. Like, the way he real pulled... You know, he's turning this, this crank to pull his string up and pull his body up. I feel like in the back of his mind, he knows. Like, I'm... I am possibly about to pull up the body of one of my friends that is just hanging there. But I'm going to give this shit the benefit of the doubt. Because he is taking his time. He's like, I swear. If I put this flashlight down there... <laughs> like on my mama i swear oh <laughs> he's like oh fuck i got to get up out of here that was a brutal shot too of the body just dropping and then the you know just jerking like that it sound like i'm saying all the wrong shit this evening And again, this character is written to, you know, while he's, you know, doing some stupid shit throughout the course of the movie that we, you know, the course of the screen time we see him, he runs. He is getting the fuck out of there, or at least trying to. He runs right to the front gate and does the right thing. 
This always pissed me off the way he fumbles with those keys. Get it together. Damn. Yep, and there, and there, now we got another problem. Andrew's like, where you going, bruh? Oh, that's not even Andrew. That's the daughter. I love this score, man. This music is is solid. And okay, now this is where we enter stupid fucking territory right here because why? Why on God's green earth would you run in the hedge maze? Now, I do like that he got attacked at the gate and was forced to run in the opposite direction. That was um you know, you know, people would have ultimately been like, well, why the fuck didn't he just keep going towards the gate? He couldn't because one of them was right there. But why would you run into a hedge maze and get lost in there? You could at least square it up. I think God would forgive you if he knew that that was a deformed, murderous creature like, you know, chick right there. Because the daughter, when they do a close up later on doesn't even look like a girl like you know he's they did say in the story this guy said in the story that it was almost unable to tell if she was male or female that's how deformed she was and then if you're gonna get lost in the hedge maze like you're brushing up against every fucking piece of leaf I would honestly, I, I would hate to get lost out there. Whew, I love that shit. That shop's scary as fuck. Not even gonna lie. Walk, running sideways. Whew. Mm, 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 mm. Got killed with the children of the corn weapon of choice. That shit went clean through them too and pinned them right to the hedge. But I love that moment because you see, what's her name, Suzanne Garth? You see her like sidestepping. That shot is genuinely scary. And then when he runs in the opposite direction, he runs into Andrew. So I think that is the moment we realize that there are two killers in this movie. Do you believe in ghosts? But they must have had superhuman strength because Andrew's the one that was kept alive and forced to witness the family murder suicide but suzanne got stabbed with a poker i, I think he said in the opening i saw an elf once an elf how do you know it's an elf well what would you call a three-foot man white beard pointed ears red cap a typical textbook elf that's regular and everyday yeah, shit out here that story to yourself it's pretty bizarre what about you and your witch? Yeah, I guess you're right. We're both pretty weird. Well, I won't tell on you if you won't tell on me. <laughs> He's like, how's that for a good night story? It's when she finally caved in. She's like, oh my god, you saw an elf? Come here, you. So if he didn't tell you he saw an elf, would you have just gave him the cold shoulder all night? <clears throat> I mean, I ain't hating though. You know, he, he got the kiss. 
it was a, it was a nice little sweet moment and you know it gives you the impression wow these two they might make it man they might survive the horrors of garth manor and make it to you know have a future together Nah, it don't it don't play out like that trust me This ain't Friday the 13th where the final guy can live right next to the final girl but then disappear at some point. Like, we're, what the fuck? We had a lot of final guys on Friday the 13th. Like, what happened to Paul at the end of part two? I don't think there was one in part part three, part four. Tommy's a final guy. Five, Tommy and Reggie are final guys. Six, Tommy's a final guy again. Seven, um, Nick is a final guy. Sean is a final guy in part eight. Steven is a final guy in Jason Goes to Hell. And then you got Sunaran and Jason X, who was trying to. Sunaran had probably the world's first sex doll. <laughs> now, they're not even fucking. Like, this movie. Like, I didn't really need a crazy sex scene in this movie, but these two are just. You know, they made a whole big deal about these two being super horny getting super drunk and high and you know sharing surfing stories and all that type of stuff and then the moment that they get a chance to have sex in this movie they just do dry humping in the shadows and then have a little tickling match that lasts for two seconds right here well time for the john john i thought your name was seth He's like, you have got to be the dumbest fucking shit. I love his reaction to that because he just, he looks at her and then he kind of like looks away and he's just like, yeah, I've got to have more respect for myself as a man. I can't keep doing this shit. But she is a little dingbat though. Like she's just, she's an airhead. She's like, John. Like Frankenstein towering over her like that. Mm, he's like, shut the fuck up, shut, shut, shut the fuck up. When did he score the first time? They didn't even have sex. Now, I guess it, maybe it was implied, but they just rolled around. And like I said, they just had a makeout session. And then he's like, well, it's time for the John. I am beat. But fellas, we've all had that moment where, you know, after you get some, you kind of you might go to take a piss or something like that. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and it's like job well done. He's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, where's the rest of her? 
Oh man! Well, if she didn't have sex with him, at least she left him with some head. <laughs> Is this thing on? Petty ass slasher too. Why you want to put a fucking severed head in my bed, little petty bastard? I feel like the composer in that moment, the director was like, rip off Psycho as closely as you can. The movie has kicked into high gear, people. Yo. In this moment, this is when Seth became my favorite fucking character. Everything he does from here on out, I am rooting for him. Seth is a character you can take straight out of this movie, this 1981 horror movie, and place him in 2023. I kid y'all not. Cause not only, like I said, self-preservation, he's about to climb this gate. When he gets over and runs away. He does go for help. He's like, yo, I'll bring help, y'all. I'll bring help. And he does go for help. He goes to the police station. They don't believe him. So he, he grabs a shotgun, loads it up, steals a car, and comes back for his friends. Like, you don't make characters like this anymore. I mean, you might, but like in an 80s slasher movie, this was, this was rare to see in a character. This is somebody you root for. And it's like, damn, he really was... One of the best characters in the movie. Stand-up guy. He came back for his friends. Because I'm going to tell y'all right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all right now. I don't know if I... Like, once I'm out of there, I don't know. And it's another slow burn, tense moment right here. Him climbing this gate. Because it's like, is he going to make it? I know that was a shitty, like, all they did was just put blood on his hand, but just the idea of him getting sliced on that part of the gate. Now, if they remade this today, they, they would definitely kill Seth in this sequence. They would make it seem like, oh my god, he's gonna get over the gate, and he would just fall right on that shit. It would have to be like a Chris Hemsworth cabin in the woods type of moment where he's, you know, riding a motorcycle, you think he's gonna make it, and slams into that invisible grid. That was great. And then he jumps off the fence and then, you know, breaks his fucking legs. Throw me the boots. He could have he could have slid him underneath the gate. Are you going to be able to make it? I'll make it sport. I'll make it. Seth, hurry. I will do it. I will. He's out of there. And th this is the moment I was talking about. This is uh what Peter Barton was talking about in the interview where he said he 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 smoked a little bit um 
before this sequence and he said he kind of had like an out-of-body experience when he was walking all slow back up to the house in this sequence but it whatever it is it worked And Peter Barton's character, he could have easily tried to get over the gate himself, but he knew Marty couldn't get over that gate by herself. So he didn't leave her. So again, these characters, I love all these characters, man. They do do stupid shit from time to time, but overall, they're written pretty well. And then it's just like the anticipation of, is somebody going to jump out at them right here? Is somebody going to jump out as soon as they get back to the front door? But it's like, they both got that look on their face, sizing up Garth Manor. Like, yo, we we don't want to do this, but we got to go back inside this fucking, you know, where there's possibly two killers in here. We know it's two killers, but they don't. So it's like, we like this is a really tense moment right here. Seth should have ran back to the gate like, hold up. He's like, toss me that pint, that Jack Daniels. Nah, that wouldn't have worked because then he would have ran into the police station smelling like alcohol. And they'd have been like, get your ass in this holding cell. That shot right there looks like, as they're approaching that front door, it looks like Resident Evil. The original Resident Evil, when you walk up to a door and it just opens or it's already, y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. this candle as a weapon you know he does find a pitchfork at some point later in the movie and, and you know to, to use as a trusty weapon to stand guard with in some sequences but like y'all just saw a, a, a severed head in the bedroom and nobody decided to grab a like anything's a weapon at this point not that candle though but you could have grabbed something you could have you could have grabbed the candlestick holder and used it as a weapon Cause I'm not playing, man. Like I would have did exactly what they did when he gets that pitchfork. He's standing guard with her behind him, and they're just in one room waiting for Seth to come back. That's what you do. Only you sit in the corner, back against the wall, ready for whatever. It could have easily put some, not some, but a jump scare in in that moment. Denise! 
because Denise is most certainly hiding out and alive, right? And you mean to tell me he's holding that candle for that long and none of that wax has gotten on his fingers yet? Alright, so we got one, two, three, four bodies so far. One thing they don't do in this movie, and I'm glad they don't, they do not have a cop go investigate Garth Manor. Like, they did that in Friday the 13th, the reboot, and it, it made for a cool kill. Oh, shit. That's what's been... And you know what? I didn't know what that clicking sound was, but that's what it is. It's him uh, hitting up against that window like that. Open the door! Please! Somebody help! Bro, there's a broken window right there. Oh, the dude that, you know, the dude that threw up on the keg, he's still asleep. I've made a lot of Jason references since his commentary, people. I think that that Blumhouse news or that possible news is definitely definitely getting to me. Peter Barton's like, ah, the breeze is flowing through this helmet haircut of mine. You think that story about the Garson, the Landrew is true? Hell yeah! Did you see that girl's head? This was supposed to be a joke. I can't believe it. Wait a minute. There's light coming from the garden out here. I gotta go down there. Don't go down there. You'll get yourself killed. What if it's Denise down there and she needs our help? And what if it's Andrew? Right. Don't worry. Just stay here. Put the chair back after I'm gone. I don't want to be left alone here. He's like, I know. But unfortunately, I don't give a shit. I've got to do this, honey. What the fuck was this? The gone gone with the wind moment? What will I do? Where shall I go? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Was that going with the wind? I, I want to say it was. That is one of the coldest lines in cinematic history. Let me check and see if that was going with the wind. Here's a little tidbit, people. Uh, I've never seen going with the wind. Oh, yep. Going with the wind. Starring Clark Gable and Vivian Lee. Hey, 
use me, people. <clears throat> you know what's crazy? I do not see the actor's name who plays Andrew Garth. Pitchfork, yay! We got a weapon! It's a nice looking pitchfork, too. Look how sharp that shit is. Good for you. Yeah, the, the, the cast members who play... Um, <clears throat> Andrew and Suzanne Garth, they are not credited in this film. I wish they were, so I could, you know, give the credit where the credit is due. And what I meant to say earlier about the guy who plays Andrew Garth passing away before the before the movie was released, it it is very sad, man, and it takes me back to the fact that um, the same thing happened with Simon Scudamore, who played Marty Ranson in Slaughter High. He killed himself before the release of the movie. I don't know if it was before the release or after the release, but either way, very shortly after the film was just was was made, he passed away, man. That is that is so heartbreaking, man. Slaughter High, uh, that was one of the first intox commentaries I did, if y'all want to check that out in the wreckage somewhere. But um Slaughter High is another movie I always say it could go for a remake. I love that's one of my favorite 80s slashers. Feel like a lot of people would call a remake of slaughter high woke if they remade it today because it's um it does tackle bullying school bullying and how far that shit can go mm, he's like peter you look terrible Like, I love how he was just, like, carefully taking that flashlight off the ground like Peter's dead body was going to mind. He's like, I'm just going to borrow this for a little bit. I'll bring it back. Now, again, he runs. He sees that dead body. He's like, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. And he, oh, my God, it was that night of living dead moment where the keys were right there. Right there on his dead hand. That's a nice moment right there because it lets the audience member, you know, watching the movie, it lets them go, oh my God, the key's right, like literally what I just said. What fraternity are you with? Uh, the Alpha Sigma Rho. The little wise guy, Peter Bennett's president, huh? Well, you go back up there and you tell that little smart-ass president of yours that if I even see another Alpha Sig tonight, I'm going to throw his butt in jail for 30 days. 30 days? For real. We were up at Garth Manor and somebody was killed. Hey, Ross, I got another one for the tank for you here. No, 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 this is no stunt. Listen, there's kids up there getting murdered. Son, you kids have been getting away with murder all night long. Now, either you get the hell out of here or you're going to spend a night in jail. That's a great line. Hey, you heard him, I'm moving. Now, this is this has got to be the shittiest... Uh, non-attentive fucking police precinct ever because how is he able to just go into this room 
load up, fully load up a shot. He should have took the fucking machine gun. Load up a shotgun and just sneak his ass out of the precinct with it. And rob somebody for their car right outside the precinct. But I don't know. Is this far-fetched? Then, you know, I, I don't know. Can this happen today? I feel like it could. If these motherfuckers is breaking out of all of these prisons... You know, there's a lot of people in the past couple months that have been breaking out of prisons. Bounty hunts to find these fuckers. And it's like, you guys suck at your jobs. But again, Seth. My man Seth. Locked and loaded with the shotgun. He got that Elmer Fudd YI Auto shotgun right there. <laughs> He's just oh my god this 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 sequence the way this shot is set up with those two in the forefront he's standing guard with the pitchfork but underneath you slowly right there you slowly see andrew garth rising up out the floor that is such a because you you don't you don't see it right away that is such a great setup right there straight up haunted house shit like, I feel like I picked the proper movie to jump off the October commentary, people. This movie is so underrated decent. Now, Andrew's like, okay, now, how the fuck do I get this big-ass blanket off of me without them noticing? He's trying to do his Michael Myers impression from the first movie. Then he realized he didn't have any eye holes cut out of it. pitchfork is standing straight up now i can't give uh i can't give old andrew a pass here because they keep dubbing over you know they keep replaying his grunts and groans it's the same thing every time No, the way there, you know, he wasn't under that damn. First of all, when he when he saw him behind them, he should have stuck that pitchfork towards the head, right in his head or in his neck. Still alive, and he's down there someplace. I'm going after. Him. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Why not? Seth is bringing back help. Seth isn't coming back. What do you mean? Because if he was coming back, he would have been here by now. Well, then we'll wait. Wait until morning. I and mean, Peter and the other kids will be here. 
Peter's dead. What? I found him out there in the garden. I didn't want to tell you before. No. And now she's thinking to herself, this this relationship will never work because you're keeping things from me. No, I'm coming with you. Stupid. Stupid. Listen, if he's under there, then that means he has to surface at some point. He has to have time and energy to surface and get back up to the top. So they should have just made a run for it. Fuck it. Let's try to climb the gate again. Only this time, you you take a side of the gate, I take a side of the gate, and, and whoever gets over, whatever. It's kind of like Night of the Demons, when Roger, you know, he knew that he had to grab that barbed wire and fuck his hands up to get, a, you know, to get over the whole house gate, or the brick wall. Judy wasn't really able to do it without his help, but he, once he got up there, he's like, alright, take my hand, if you can't, if you can't get up here, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Damn, it was something I wanted to add to my October commentary list. I wanted to put it on there and make room for it, but I cannot remember what the shit is. Listen, <clears throat> I am humble enough to know that I would definitely need to choose my battles very wisely in a situation like this. I'm not going after Andrew Garth. I'm not going after Suzanne Garth. Not going to fuck down there. They can't even see. So we went from a spooky cobweb infested gothic mansion with trap doors all over the place to just down in the the dungeon area where they probably filmed all types of S&M porn down there back in the day medieval shit there's no way I, I would never and one could argue that um Peter Barton's character is pretty stupid. He's not completely stupid, but bruh, there's light outside. I'm gonna go find it. He's still alive down there. I'm gonna go get him. It's like, yo, sit your ass, like, sit still. That's his main problem, that he could not sit still. But again, the way that the you know they they're filming in these underground tunnels under Garth Manor is one of the reasons why I thought the director from the Texas Chainsaw and Friday Thirteenth reboots could probably do something with this property. I said property like it was more than one movie, but could, you know y'all know what I'm talking about. Look, there's some sort of light down 
What is this dude's obsession with there's some sort of light out there? Pretty disturbing for him to have those corpses propped up like that. That's a little room of worship down there. That's that's some, some creepy stuff. All they had to do was wait for him to show up in that room, stab him with the pitchfork a couple million times. Just jump his ass in the process. That shot's creepy. And the way he... Like, he does not walk. He's power moving after these people. That shot right there, man. And I love how he... Every step he takes, he's bracing him. You know, he's bracing his hands on the wall. It's like he's trying to pick up speed. I think Peter Barton really got injured in this this sequence right here where they fall down the steps. And again, all he had to do all he had to do was size him up when he was coming up the steps. There you go. Now, I think he really got injured like he was really limping and I think they said that when he was all better, for continuity's sake, he put a rock in his shoe when he when his leg got better so he could keep the limp going, which is pretty smart. I feel like that chase sequence should have been a lot longer. I'm satisfied with it though, overall. Get out! What do you want? I want you caught. Get out! Fucking break yourself. You, you can't do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna call a cop. Good idea. Tell the cops. Tell them your thoughts matter. It's like, hey, that's my girlfriend's car. What is my wife going to think about this? How's your leg? It hurts really bad. I don't believe I was down there. Denise is dead, too. So much for putting your faith in people's survival. What are we going to do now? 
know how upsetting it's got to be to spend half the movie searching for a friend that disappeared only to find out her ass has been dead this whole time? Now, okay, now this... Seth, back to back to save the day, man. Now that had to have been the sister that ran across the gate like that. He should have drove through the gate, but I, that doesn't always play out well. As shitty as a movie as Texas Chainsaw 3D is, you see what happened when they drove when when Trey Songz tried to drive through the gate. Uh, the the van just bounced off that shit. I don't know. That's pretty weird because they didn't have any bumper damage. Not, like the windshield was perfectly intact. Texas Chainsaw. That's another shit show edition commentary I did. <clears throat> It is just a bad movie. There's a lot of bad Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, but that one is just like y'all, y'all had it. They had it. They had it with the with the opening sequence, the the you know the flashback sequence. They had it, man. Halloween Kills can teach horror movies a lot. Horror movies that want to go back to the original and you know recreate a flashback sequence. Like, I definitely credit Texas Chainsaw 3D for, for trying to pull that off because that's the best part of the movie. When they showed that flashback sequence, Bill Mosley plays Drayton Sawyer, which was a nice nod. Um, I Like, they, they just fumbled, man. It just takes a swan dive after that opening sequence. I wonder if they would ever do that with, like, Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th and recreate you know, the first movie and do a, well, this is what happened after that ending type of thing. Now they got Seth on a slow burn you know, cat and mouse sequence look like he hunting quail with that big ass shotgun he's got. But at least he's he's armed, man. I can definitely respect that. Yeah, that's that's definitely the sister. These scenes in horror movies always frustrate me where the killer's like pulling you away from something and is right within your arm's reach. There you go. Should have been kicked her ass down the steps. Nice shot.
Now, the way she looks all hairy and, and, and deformed like that, the plot twist should have been that she was like, I don't know, an extra from the movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Because that's how they looked at the end of the movie. Jack Nicholson and, um, I almost called that motherfucker Jackelson. Jack Nicholson and James Spader, when they, when they went full-blown wolf in that third act. That's another good one. I don't think it's suitable for the October theme, but maybe we'll get there. It's like spit. Now, how how much superhuman mutated strength does she have to have? Like she took a shotgun round to the chest, close range, then jumped up again for the one last scare moment. Seth is looking like, what the fuck is this? What was the point, though? You know, he's poking it, poking her with the with the shotgun. It's like, okay, you wanted to make sure she was dead, but why did you have to take her ass out of the, you know, out of the water? like well i didn't plan on it but the gps said garth manor was on the way scott may denise they're all dead this thing of cops wouldn't believe me so i had to come here by myself i killed him out by the pond you should have seen him man he was like an ass i was salty as hell when that moment happened again Then it's like, okay, who got shot? Was it Seth? Was it Andrew? Do we go down and get the shotgun? This moment, man, it's it's a, again another slow build moment of suspense where it's like, okay, what are they about to do? What decision is about to be made here? But I was so salty, man, because Seth did all of that. Coming back for his friends, killing one of the two killers just to get snatched the fuck up in a jump scare kill moment. And it works. The jumps again. It's another jump scare that works for an 80s slasher movie. But the fact that Seth just did all of that, this is why I keep telling y'all, I am not everyone's hero. It makes me tell my every time I see how it played out for Seth, I'm like, I don't know if I would have came back for these motherfuckers. I'm sorry. Cause I'd be, I would, you know how pissed off I'd be if I, yeah, man, I came back for my friends. I did, you know, the act of valor, the good stand-up guy thing to do, just to get killed. Seth is like, I can't talk right now. Jeez. 
It's that Alan Arkin uh, wait until dark jump scare moment. The way he leaped out of there like that. Mm. Her reaction was so great when he bust through that door. Ugh, look at those look at those chompers he got, man. Jesus. He looks terrifying. And it's like some of the shots where he's coming after people, it looks like he's smiling, which makes it even scarier. Why would he call for her when he just told her to get out? How did he scream so long and it wasn't that far of a of a drop? He he kept screaming once his back hit the fucking ground. <laughs> oh man. And Marty, it's like, what's the point of coming out the, you know, jumping out the window when you just went back up to the rooftop? Like, come on, Marty. You know, he's almost like the blind man from Don't Breathe. Like, he must know every nook and cranny of that house. I mean, he probably had dec like a decade plus to figure it out. Yeah, he's, he's dead, dead, shorty. Now, this is like the mandatory slasher movie moment where she's, you know, everybody's running. Not everybody, but the final girl's just running and tripping over bodies. Not literally, but y'all get it. I love that shot, how he swings those doors open like that. Come on, it's just a dead body, girl. Run past it. It's going to be all right. Oh boy, and then she runs into the hedge maze. It's, it's everybody is just drawn to this hedge maze. Everybody's got that Jack Torrance syndrome. I think this came out. Was this the same year as The Shining, or was it a year after? I think The Shining was eighty. Hold on, let me check. Oh, it's 1980. Oh, another body. She's like, you motherfucking dead bodies are everywhere. Damn, those keys are in his hands. For real. And that's kind of realistic. You know, 
in the manner in which he died, like gripping those keys like that, it would not be easy. Like normally in a horror movie, it'd be easy for somebody to just take those keys out of his hand, but she had to struggle. Like he had a tight grip on those keys. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Time is money. There you go. Now, was it smart or dumb for her to take the time to lock the gate back up? Because, I mean, it is what it is. It's not like it's the T-Virus zombies that she wants to keep locked in there. It's just Raymond, not Raymond Garth. It's just Andrew Garth. He's not about to run around out in the streets and kill people. His ass will get shot. Oh, my God. Now, this plays into the fact that I think Marty had a line, some lines of dialogue where she was talking about auto. She took auto shop and knew how to fix cars and shit. So I guess they had to make it tie into the story somehow for her. But it, it works, you know, and it does separate her from, you know, a helpless victim. A helpless female heroine in a horror movie is she she's very useful she's very smart she's very hands-on and it came into play except for when she crashed into that fucking gate the way she did just now and now she's stuck jesus man but she gets out of there her crashing into that gate was the best thing that's ever gonna happen to her in this whole movie Oh my! <laughs> Listen, I would have screamed that loud too. Just popped right up on her windshield. You know, she turned that car almost gracefully with no hands on the wheel. But I guess that was that Andrew making the car spin around like that. like fuck you bruh I mean he sold it <coughs> it's the best look we've gotten at the character of, uh, of Andrew Garth Andrew just sits up while he's impaled by the gate. He's like, yo, this shit is very loud. Okay, now, it, here's another thing, people. Now it's daytime. She fell asleep. Like, what if it was more guards? Like, she definitely said that when Andrew was breaking down the door. But what if there were more guards? Why would you even stay there and go to sleep? Shit, it's going to be a long walk home for her. I was about to say, what do y'all think was uh, a more interesting walk home? Her walk by herself or Roger and Judy's walk home from Hull House in that first night of the demons? I feel like Roger and Judy's walk home was was more interesting because they didn't, they didn't say shit. They were just walking, you know, next to each other, dragging their feet. Then that old, you know, that old mean ass man who put the razor blades and apples. He's like, yeah, they're all burning hell. 
Andrew really should have woke up. Like he should have just fidgeted a little bit. Like, oh, could, could you help me out, please? This music, this music made made it seem like she was gonna go on to be in soap operas or some shit. She's like, God, I wish I saved some of that Smirnoff. This is definitely as the world turns young and restless type of music. <clears throat> this seems like it should be music for its own soap opera spinoff called Garth Manor. The people speaking of which we have survived Halloween night at Garth Manor, not Halloween night here, out here in the real world, but at Garth Manor. I'm just going to cut to the chase, people. I'm going to go as far as to give this movie a nine out of ten. This movie, for this to be a 1981 slasher movie with pretty much two monsters in it doing some of the slashing and some of the hand work um the hands-on work for that matter uh th this shit holds up way better than i feel like people give it credit for in in 2023 man there are so many scenarios and so many characters that could be brought out of this movie seth in particular that could survive in 2023 man i feel like this movie there's a there's a pretty solid atmosphere it's not dripping atmosphere but it's pretty solid the slow burn suspense moments work the jump scares in here work the characters are written you know i gotta credit randy feldman for the script the characters in here are not your average <clears throat> you know cookie cutter cliche bland ass characters man i genuinely like all these characters even the three assholes from alpha sigma Rho who were trying to scare you know the 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 core four but I, the core four that are in this man, they have personality, they have the right energy, and I think Linda Blair is a solid final girl, man. Like I said, she doesn't get to, she got, she has to scurry around a lot, like a scared little field mouse, but she is useful. She's not, um, you know, typical final girl. She didn't give up the cheeks, you know, so she survived because she kept the virginal essence. But yeah, Linda Blair respect to her for for being in this movie and you know while being a part of the genre she wanted to take a more mature role so people would take her seriously outside of the exorcist movies um because i think i don't know if she did part two around the time when this came out i'm not sure but part two is a fucking travesty nonetheless vince van patten seth you my boy seth you're one of the best 80s fucking slasher movie characters out there man he did you know like i said the act of valor getting over that gate self-preservation was trying to get some ass but he got a dry humping session but to come back and try to save your friends and die in the process of doing it it's a noble act man it's messed up what happened to him but whatever you know peter barton and kevin brophy and suki goodwin like i said these characters are written to where i don't get tired of watching them on screen they're not overwhelmingly bad and they're not overwhelmingly like you know written paper thin man i, I love the way this thing is put together now what keeps from a 10 characters do do stupid shit you can't have a slasher movie without stupid decisions though but it's not stupid decisions that are overbearing where it's just like you guys just keep making mistakes left and right throughout the whole movie to the point where i can't root for you no it's not that it's very minor my complaints for this movie um i like the you know i'm like i said i can't credit the 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 actors who played the the garth siblings but um you know shout out to them man they they created 80s movie monsters you know 80s damn near supernatural movie monsters that i feel like maybe this could have went on for two more movies or maybe some people think it's just good as a standalone i'm glad the movie exists i'm glad tom de simone decided to 
not really be crazy about the gore in this movie. It is more about the suspense and, you know, the scares and the, the setting. Let me say something about the setting of Garth Manor, man. I think it's genius. It's one of the reasons why I would love to see a remake of this because I don't, I'm not really moved by a lot of, you know, something goes bump in the night in these gothic mansions or these castle-like settings. But this works, man. And this is an 81 movie, man. Like, I, I can't put... You know, I can't stress it enough how well a lot of this stuff holds up. The score is pretty decent. I love the score. Like I said, that needle drop when they first show Garth Manor, when the when the camera pans towards Garth Manor and away from the, the cast members that are walking up to it. I love that score. It's pretty creepy. Um, the hedge made sequences are creepy, man. This movie just, it, it, it's a home run for me as far as the 80s slashes go. Outside of like, obviously the, the 80s Halloween movies and Nightmare on Elm Street and all the main, <clears throat> outside of the main slasher franchises i think this movie holds up better than a lot of them man i know a lot of people like prom night and my bloody valentine my bloody valentine is definitely one of the best but i feel like the bigger named 80 slashers this is better than a lot of those and i wish it got a lot of the credit that it deserves man because uh, it is always a fun movie to, not even just around the the holiday season but it's always a fun movie to go back and watch i was so glad i stumbled upon this shit on vhs back in the day years and years and years ago as a young boy found this movie man because it still holds up pretty well people but that's what it is people nine out of ten and y'all already know where to go man and if y'all don't y'all can follow the podcast on spotify itunes google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, overcast pocket cast breaker radio public Podbean, and podcast addict shout out to whoa almost said anchor i you know i always feel like it's a sin for me to make that mistake i feel like anchor is like you know or spotify is like the illuminati and they're gonna come after me like yeah you can't say anchor so now we gotta pull your shit off the you know off the platform but shout out to spotify for podcasters nonetheless man follow me on facebook instagram and tiktok romero tutor shout out to the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs happy maniac monday and last but certainly not least shout out to the tutor reviewers the listeners the lovers the supporters out there felt good to you know jump off the october commentary with this like i said i may make a couple tweaks to the list nothing major i feel like all the the main themed halloween you know the the main halloween themed movies i'm still doing halloween 3 you know that'll be the last of the mohicans that's what we're going to close out with we opened up with this one but halloween 3 is a must trick-or-treat is a must sleepy hollow is a must scary stories to tell in the dark is a must and i feel like the terrifier is a must it was either between that and the terrifier 2 but uh, I would have to gear myself up to watch that seat, you know, that bedroom sequence in Terrifier 2. Y'all know which one I'm talking about. Y'all know exactly which one I'm talking about. It, it manages to make, you know, when when um, Art the Clown saws that girl in half in the first movie, what he does to that girl in the second movie, it makes the sawing in half very tame and, and, and you know, tolerable for the most part. That's how fucked up that shit is. But I had to put some art, on, you know, Art the Clown on the October themed or, you know, Halloween-themed commentary, man. So we're going to get it done, man. I'm looking forward to all the spooky season commentary. Like I said, um, Wednesday will mark the four-year anniversary, man. I got to figure out which movie I'm going to be doing for the live stream, but it's definitely going to be a a bit of a celebration, people. I can't wait to hit this four-year mark with y'all because it's been real, man, and y'all know the love and support that y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.